chapter three of a christmas when the west was young by cyrus townsend brady this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three death and the storm night was at hand when the man rode down the straggly street of the frontier town but it was christmas eve and everything was wide open his business was delayed because the superintendent of the government land office and the agent of the freighting company were both enjoying themselves with the rest but he routed them out of the saloon at last and by telling his plain tale of sorrow got them to give the necessary time to enable him to transact his business he refused invitations to join in the fun it was after ten o'clock when all his affairs were settled he could not make up his mind to go to the tavern or what passed for one which was the centre of the celebration the big-hearted freight agent appreciating his feelings finally offered to let him pass the night on a shakedown in the freight office he found it impossible to get to sleep for thinking of her and the baby about half after six o'clock the day broke cold and gloomy there was no sun what light there was filtered through heavy banks of clouds that hung low on the horizon and were rapidly spreading overhead the man made himself some coffee on the freight-house stove fed his horse strapped the little express parcel which had been left by the railroad three hundred miles to the east and brought to the town by wagon to the pommel of his saddle on one side and to the other he tied a little branch of evergreen which the superintendent of the land office had given to him from a christmas tree which had arrived from the east several days before in that country devoid of pine this little fragrant breath from his native hills was more welcome than the most gorgeous blossom of the hothouse he was well wrapped up his overcoat was of buffalo hide he wore a cap homemade of the same material and huge fur gloves at the last moment of parting his wife had brought him one of those white knitted scarves of the period called nubias which she wrapped around his neck at other times he would have laughingly protested but then he suffered her to do what she would without comment he thought of it whimsically as he tied it about his shoulders now his rifle was slung across his back by a strap and a heavy old-fashioned revolver swung in a holster from the saddle the town worn out from its nearly all-night celebrations was yet asleep as he rode down the silent empty straggling street and started out on the broad prairie that extended between him and the hill of his home upon which the house of his heart was raised the good horse knew that he was homeward bound and that rest and ease and comfort awaited him at the end of the journey and he cantered gallantly over the prairie there was no wind to speak of and yet every once in a while it seemed to the man that a sound like a deep sigh vibrated across the plain as if some spirit of the storm were awakening with long breaths between longer pauses after a time a breeze swept across him and grew stronger and the black clouds lowered more darkly halfway on the journey he came upon a deep rift in the earth caused by a small river a practicable trail led for five or six miles through this rift a trail he had discovered by chance and always used in going to and fro the rift or ravine was a freak of nature and a dangerous one riding across the prairie in the dark it might be come upon without warning and the unfortunate rider and horse would be thrown to the depths 
twenty thirty or perhaps fifty feet below but there were places where the descent was easy and down one of these he put the horse it had grown much colder during the night the narrow sluggish river was frozen solid from bank to bank but he did not trust himself to the ice he rode along the bank he had proceeded some two miles through the rift when the noise of rifle shots was borne to him faintly in the morning air the sounds were so unusual so unexpected so unaccountable that he could scarcely credit the evidence of his ears he checked his horse and listened there was no mistake about it they came from beyond him and from overhead as if they had been caught by the wind and brought backward and then dropped down upon him he had been going slowly saving himself and his horse for the fierce conflict with the storm which would be inevitable on the uplands now he hurried on after a rapid gallop of about half a mile through the twisting ravine he came upon the tragedy the fag ends of it that is right in front of him stood a big emigrant wagon smoke was curling out of the back of it which was turned toward him so that he could not yet see what lay ahead across the river a plumed and painted figure spurred his pony recklessly up the slope and as the man stared as yet uncomprehending another rifle shot rang out this time with startling suddenness the indian fell from his pony and came rolling down to the river and lay motionless on the ice it all happened in a few seconds the astonished man passed the wagon and drew rein in front of it the horses had been shot and lay dead in their traces on the high box seat of the wagon was the huddled up form of a woman on the ground reclined a man his back resting against the near wheel three motionless indians were sprawled on the trail a little distant away and in front of him the man was deathly pale blood was staining his heavy woolen hunting shirt through a hole in the breast an old-fashioned revolver lay on the ground by his side and a heavy rifle lay extended across his knees the newcomer leaped from his horse one glance at the woman on the high seat had told him that she was dead or had fainted the eyes of the man on the ground by the wagon-wheel were open he was yet alive the young settler bent toward him and the man tried to speak he looked at the newcomer out of his bright blue eyes and strove vainly to tell some story to convey some message finally two words escaped from his lips the baby his spirit went out with the words the high resolution that had held him up that had enabled him to fight off his assailants until they had killed his wife and shot him to death failed him at last he tumbled forward and sideways helpless dead after drawing him away from the wagon-wheel the young man laid him carefully along the ground then he turned to the woman had she only fainted he prayed so but there was something in her position that filled him with sickening apprehension he stepped up on the tongue of the wagon braced himself and lifted her down in his arms one look at her face confirmed his foreboding she had been shot in the heart then he glanced at the horses they had been riddled with bullets he walked forward to the indians each one of them was stone dead in his fall one had broken a glass bottle which he had carried in the pouch at his side the odor of whiskey still hung in the air the man examined the bodies of the others hastily 
and each had a whisky bottle almost empty with that clue he could easily reconstruct the catastrophe the young settler turned away from the indians again to the man and woman beside the wagon in the startling suddenness of the tragedy he had overlooked for the moment what the man had said but as he stood pondering a thin small wailing broke the silence he started as if he had been struck it was a human voice a baby's cry as if it had been his own baby he had heard such a wail often he stepped upon the wagon tongue again and peered over the box seat into the wagon bed a shapeless bundle lay on the straw beneath he stooped down and lifted it up opened the heavy blanket wrapped about it and stared into a baby face stepping down from the wagon he carefully laid the baby on the ground something was on fire in the wagon a stray bullet had perhaps struck off a kindling spark and the wagon which had been smouldering when he came up was now suddenly filled with roaring flames there was no water for the river was frozen there was no way to put the fire out again how was he to dispose of the bodies he could not bury them in the rock of the ravine he could not take them with him if the river had not been frozen he might have sunk them but to leave them there on the bank would be to expose them to the prairie wolves and the coyotes he heard the shrill bark of one of them now on the upland there was but one thing to do he lifted the two bodies up one by one and placed them carefully in the burning wagon it was filled with inflammable material and they would soon be incinerated before doing this he searched quickly but thoroughly for some evidence of name or station on the bodies but found nothing except an initialed wedding ring and an unmarked silver watch he had done all that he could for them he must look to himself and the child now fortunately the baby was not only warmly dressed but was also wrapped in several thicknesses of a warm and heavy blanket with some of the leather straps cut from the wagon harness the man strapped up the little bundle and hung it around his neck in such a way that he could hold it steady with his free hand then he mounted his horse watched the flaming wagon for a moment or two breathed a prayer and rode on End of chapter three